Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Trenton365, and excuse me, on Facebook, it's the Trenton 365 Show. You can also post your events to the Trenton 365 Community Calendar page on Facebook as well. And also, if you're an Instagram person, you can check out some of the things there as well. If you are on Instagram, recently you've probably seen my guest, um, who is in the studio with me tonight, Elena Broach. We're going to be talking about some things that are very specific to women, but we're going to be talking about it also from a male perspective as well. Before we get into that information, I'd also like to say that you're watching over WPHY Channel 25 covering Mercer County, New Jersey, and over WIMG 1300, New Jersey's oldest radio station and a three-time stellar award-winning station as well. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, WIMG 1300. So without any further ado... Um, I'm always on social media in some capacity or on the internet, always looking for different things, particularly things that are off of the off of the, the beaten path or things that aren't at the forefront of our society, but things that I find that are important. And I actually came, a con- came in contact with Elena, and we started a conversation through social media. I'm not sure which site it was. It may have been LinkedIn or it may have been... Uh, Facebook or something like that. But anyway, we got together, we started talking, we had a wonderful meal. And during the meal, I was my eyes were opened about childbirthing and breastfeeding, specifically to people of color and indigenous folks, etc. So tonight we're going to be talking about midwifery and how that is happening right here in Mercer County, New Jersey. And a very interesting fact that we're going to get into later is that um, because childbirthing in hospitals Childbirthing in hospitals is no longer happening in Trenton, New Jersey. Let that sink in. And we'll get back into that information a little bit later on. But without any further ado, Elena Broach, always nice to see you. Your lovely smile. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to your husband, Jared, and also to your father-in-law, who I know as well. So uh, thank you for coming on to the Trenton 365 show. In this short amount of time, I want to get as much information out as possible. Thank you. Yes, yes. Well, thank you, Jock, for having me. And thank you, Trenton 365 You know, community. Um, yes, my name is Elena Broach, and I am the native of Hamilton Township, Trenton, New Jersey. Um, I am a doula, which is a labor coach, childbirth educator. I'm a breastfeeding counselor, and I am a home birth midwife. Um, In the state of New Jersey, um, I am one of the few for central New Jersey who is a black CPM home birth midwife. Um, I am here representing our organization Mercer County Birth and Breastfeeding Collective. Uh, We are a grassroots response to improving birth and breastfeeding outcomes um, in Trenton and the Mercer County area for specifically black families and families of color. Um, As many of you may have been paying attention to the media and Facebook, um, the state of New Jersey um, is focusing on the high infant and maternal mortality rates that are happening uh, within the state of New Jersey. And um, Trenton happens to be uh, the capital and a unique, um, I guess you'd say, birth culture for the black community. Uh, One in particular, as you just mentioned, um, 
all of our major hospitals that were maternity wards, um, some of our uh, health clinics as well have been um, since 2012 or so um, shut down or discontinued or in a sense moved, relocated because of um, funding or policy or real estate um, uh, and other, you know, other types of um, ventures but nonetheless there are there are no longer any hospitals in Trenton so when you have a baby from now on out your birth certificate as you say will not say Trenton born in Trenton it will say born in Hopewell or it'll say born in Princeton um, and for that it that poses a problem because who is here which is the black community mm -hmm. um, the urban uh, black families so um, for many, they don't have the transportation to make it out to Hopewell. They don't have the transportation to make it up Route 1 to Princeton to have a baby. So what ends up happening is a lot of unassisted home births, unexplained unassisted home births are happening, which poses a danger, which poses a threat to um, also attribute to our high infant and, matern infant and maternal mortality rates. You know, um, we want to be able to offer um, accessible prenatal care. We want to be able to offer accessible uh, birthing support. Um, and this is something that we focus on within uh, Mercer County Birth and Breastfeeding Collective. Um, we're um, a gathering of community members, um, such as men, women, and families who really care about our birth experiences, our birth culture in the black community. Um, and we wanted addressed, you know, and we found that we've always had the answers, which is um, the series that we've been posting, which is the Birthing While Black uh, movement. Um, we have a series, and our first series was on our reproductive history. And, you know, I find shocked that um, for uh, black folk, black families, we do not do our research. You know, we kind of take face value as what is given to us so we can hear the statistics that black women are dying in childbirth, but there's not a connection to exactly why. And history shows that more than likely black people, we get the blame. We get the blame for either our diets, we get the blame for poverty, um, for not making enough money, we, we get the blame. But what research is showing today um, is that it comes from the historical perspective of racism. It comes from the historical um, legacy of our reproductive history that is connected to chattel slavery for when we came here. We were, um, our reproductive um, health, our reproductive culture, if you would say, was based on uh, monetary. We were, our reproductive health as women was based on how many babies we could produce and, and I want to stop you right there because I think that this is really important for people who are listening and those who will be watching. For them to realize that, let that sink in a little bit. Um, yeah. Historically, as black, or, and I don't want to say African American because during slavery times that wasn't the terminology that was used. If you were, if you were black and you were a woman, part of how much you reproduced yes. had a value. And uh, you enlightened me to something that it just didn't dawn on me, that when you gave birth as a, as a slave, yes. your child was generally taken from you. Yes. So if you could just speak a little bit towards that, because I think it's important for people to hear that and for it to sink in a bit. Well, it's first understanding that it's not just the black woman 
um, and it's not just the black man, but it is the black family. Mm -hmm. the, the black family, what was disenfranchised through the whole slavery movement um, around birth. So yes, um, here it was the, the woman had the baby, but it wasn't, it wasn't hers, you know. So a lot of times what we can see present of that today is um, mental health around or trauma around birth um, and not necessarily knowing why. Um, what we can see the presence of that is our dysfunction um, and disconnection to our birthing cultures. You know, I, like we said, we had an origin and our origin was more of a communal people, a celebratory people around birth um, as, as African descent. Um, but now today, you know, you know it. The first thing you know when you hear a friend or family member say they're pregnant, what happens? It's like it's a gloom and doom. Now things are just, you've just made a mistake, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it's not this celebratory moment to say a baby, you know, a gift from God, let's celebrate. But that's who we used to be. And so we have to reclaim this. We, we have to begin to decolonize our minds, decolonize our hearts to really understand what God really intended upon birth, around, around family. Um, we have to reconnect with that. And through chattel slavery and all that we endured um, through our reproductive health, um, just again, like with J. Marion Sims, you know, the, the father of gynecology. Well, here it was, it was done off of black woman's mm -hmm. uterus. The black woman's womb um, is what brought forth, you know, all of these inventions now for gynecology, you know. Um, so it's understanding that history, which would explain, you know, a lot of our reproductive issues today. Um, a lot of the systematic racism that we're experiencing around, well, why are our rates so high? Why is it that it doesn't matter, you know, what class you come from, it doesn't matter your educational background, you know, you are actually susceptible to dying in childbirth. Mm -hmm. You're actually susceptible to losing your child between birth to one year. Why is it that it is that way for African American families? and not so for the other races and cultures. Well, it's because we have to look at our history. And that's what we're focusing on in the Birthing While Black movement. All of our series, each one, and this one coming next has to do with the honoring the legacy of our granny midwives. You know, we have to go back. We have to look at what are the repeating patterns? What is the context around policy? What was, what was happening back then? the Shepherd Towners Act, many of these other um, acts that came into play around maternity and infant care, but what did they do? They, uh, at that moment as slaves, we had our own communal well-being to survive. Granny midwives, the midwives that you see, the black midwives, the home birth midwives, that was the glue to our reproductive health. They were our healers. They were our communal mothers. Um, if you will, that uh, strengthened the village and gave the answers. And as the Shepherd Towners Act came in, as well as the patriarchal movement of now the man coming in to say he knows the woman's body best, and therefore if a woman tried to stand up to say this is my body 
and I would like to uh, act freely, she was looked at, um, at least within the colonial culture, as being a witch, mm -hmm. which is where you hear of the, the, you know, witch burnings, the Salem witch burnings. That's for the colonial midwives, who they were. But for um, black families, for, for the black community, we had the grand midwives. They were the knowledge keepers of not only just birth, but also our healing through the herbs. They had the secrets, you know, and they realized the medical industry at that time coming in, which was the, gynecolo the gynecology uh, movement that came in with J. Marion Sims, they realized that, hey, we have to get these midwives out if we are going to push our agenda, if we're going to move forward with the money-making that we could have, if we're going to move forward with being the authority and the experts, they're in conflict with us. And so um, we highlight this history in our presentation, which is this coming Saturday. Very important. I, I would recommend you to come out and join us, you know, to be in the presence of the um, black midwives that are in Philadelphia will be coming. Um, we will be honoring them. Um, we'll be honoring um, another midwife from Washington, D.C., Claudia Booker. Um, we'll be honoring Asasia Muhammad. Um, Aisha Muhammad and also Abba from um, Urban Birthing, um, Urban Bush Birthing. You know? <laughs> well, you know, we're just about up on a break, but yeah. but can you tell me some specifics briefly about this event that's happening on three ten this coming Saturday, March tenth? Yes. So it will be at the Conservatory Mansion, which is at five forty East State Street, Trent, New Jersey. Um, admission is $10. You can pay at the door. Um, and again, it'll be at Saturday, March 10th, starting at 4.30. That's fantastic. And a uh, big shout out to uh, Jackie and Steric Ivy of the Conservatory Mansion. They are always actively involved in doing not only things uh, in the city of Trenton, but also outside of the region as well. So I encourage you to check out the Conservatory Mansion. And uh, we'll be back after a short break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 Show. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. In the studio with me is Elena Broach. Um, she is a midwife, and we're talking about Mercer County Birth and Breastfeeding Collective. And they have monthly events. And excuse me, Saturday, March 10th, 2017, they're going to have their March event, which is going to take place at the Conservatory Mansion on East State Street in Trenton, New Jersey. You'll be able to go to the Facebook page for Mercer County Birth and Breastfeeding Collective to find out more information. We were just talking off camera and what I'm going to do through Trenton 365 is we are going to pay for two people to attend this event. They're ten, it's a $10 charge, but two people, the first two people who go to the Facebook page of Mercer County Birth and Breastfeeding Collective will have the admission handled by Trenton 365. This is our attempt and our effort to do whatever we can to support positive things that are happening not only here in the city of Trenton, but also in this region because we are all humans and we are all born in the image of God, created in the image of God. So right. keep that in mind. So Elena, I want you to get back and talk about uh, some of the things that are going to take place at Saturday's event, please. Yes, well, first and foremost, I want to talk about the fact of this fear, this fear movement now, because it is the truth that we are um, dying, that women, uh, black women are dying postpartum, 
you know, Serena Williams, you know, recently her article was, was in the paper or was on Facebook. You know, again, she's an example of how, um, you know, maternal mortality happens. Um, if she wasn't in tune with her body, if she didn't press and push to her uh, care providers to say, no, this is not normal, um, then that could have happened to her, you know? So she is an example of that. But there are many women who have gone on, and many of them that are from Trenton, um, are sisters and wives that we know about that we've lost due to childbirth. Um, but I want to say also that there is solution and that not to hang on to just that childbirth is um, you know the open door that I can die I don't want sisters and and others to feel like um, you know there isn't a chance and that it's not safe because it actually is you know God created it in a beautiful way but we have to get back to reclaiming and understanding what made it safe what made it healthy you know um, and specifically for us you know there are many uh, models that are out but they are anglo-saxon models they do not reflect our traditions. They do not reflect our culture. Uh, they do not reflect that us as a familial and communal people. Mm -hmm. When we have birth, what they say, it's not just the mama's baby, it's the village's baby. Mm -hmm. It's the community's baby. We have to get back to that because when the community was caring about each other, our health was rising. Um, everyone took care of everyone. It was everyone's baby. So therefore, everyone thrived. We have to get back to that. And we have to get back to, as well, giving the black man his position, his um, authority in the birth triad. You know, um, I think that a Europeanistic perspective is to have separatism. Again, as a, a black people, that is not our origin of way. We're a communal, familial people. So we don't look at it as the father is over there and it's just the woman and it's just the baby. It's not that way for us. Um, so because of that, we have to remember and we have to create our own culture, um, our own birth culture that includes the black man in his position. Um, in the South, and I, I love this, Oni Lee Logan, she's um, saluting to one of our grand midwives, Oni Lee Logan has a statement that she shares where she says, you know, it was her God-given gift to go into a home and to help this husband bring forth his child. Mm -hmm. There's power in that statement. She didn't say she came in as the savior. She didn't come in as the doctor. She didn't come in as the expert. She came in with her God-given gift to share and be a friend to this family, to support them and support the husband to bring his child into the world. So it's saying to you, black men and fathers, you do have a place within the birthing um, arena. You have an important place because you are the authority and the gatekeeper to the covering to your wife, to your partner, and to your baby. And God moves over that. He honors that. You know, so these are some of the things that we will be talking about. Um, love that we're working with uh, a coma house initiative. Um, so saying a shout out to to Mancho and Nuasha Idu. Congratulations on the healthy, successful birth of your recent baby. Right. You know, and that we are all coming to work together um, to bring these this knowledge and information forward, but also these trainings. 
So in May, you can look, those of you who are expecting, we're having a childbirth preparation class, okay? Um, so that you just have to come and sign up for. That will be free. For fathers in June, look out for it. We are having a fatherhood um, seminar, workshop, gathering for fathers, for men, so that we can understand, again, the man's rightful place that God gave him as the appointed authority um, and, and sharer in the, the birth triad. You know. Now, um, how, how well has midwifery been received locally? Um, well, there are a lot of midwives locally. They, we have the great work of the Pennington midwives. We also have the great work that's happened with the Jackson midwives, which who were our midwives. My husband Jared and I have had four home births um, with our four children, successful and loved it. But I have to say, I wouldn't have had that opportunity if um, Linda McHale, who was my midwife, who didn't see to give me the opportunity. I didn't have the money at the time. Um, I, I didn't have a lot of things, but she looked past that and saw that I had something driving me to want to have the birth experience that I wanted to have, um, that I needed to have. The hospital wasn't for me. You know, I was a low risk, my first pregnancy, a low risk pregnancy, so there was no reason why I couldn't have my baby at home successfully. And it was through uh, her and Dina Oricchio, another Jackson midwife, that allowed us to do that. And Jared and, and our statistics, I always share this, for our vital statistics here in Trenton, our four children, for as far as a black family, are some of the first um, and only statistics uh, around having a planned home birth experience. Mm, you that, know. That, that's amazing. Now, is this a, a regional or national trend? Um, more midwifery, more home births? Um, yes, it, it's actually a national movement that's happening. There are um, more women of color who are coming into the profession. And like I said, it's more of a reclaiming because it wasn't, it's not new for us, but it, it did die out. And it died out again because of the certain systems that are put in place um, around how the history of gynecology came about, the history of how hospitals came to be. You know, so we were eradicated. We, we basically were, you know, we went from 5,000 down south, which is really where the movement is, down south, down to 15 uh, across the nation. You know, so our numbers are building again, but it is like a lost art. And, and it is a very spiritual art as well, mm -hmm. you know. You know, so. I, I wanted to go back and touch on something that you had mentioned, and it dawned on me. When you look at the amount of money, and I'm talking about the institutional births. Yes. Right? So when you talk about the money and also combined with the authority that you give to someone who is a doctor. Yes. Um, and then the hanging on the air quotes of this particular person's expertise. Yes. You know, it kind of all just triggered something in me. So money, authority, and expertise. I can do this better than you can. Right. But at the same time, these, uh, these mortality rates are going up. Increasing. Now, um, it, it often makes me think about a few things, and I don't want to get super political because we don't have a lot of time here. But, but when, I, when I think about people that we give our authority or expertise to, That's right. not knowing how those people feel 
or think about people who don't look like them. Yes. How much that can really impact not only your life, but also the community. And I'm thinking specifically, and I'm not going to, I don't even know this person's name, but I'm speaking specifically to the teacher that was in her private life leading a fascist, uh, white supremacist organization. And she is a elementary school teacher. Mm. And I think, how can she have treated all of those students equally? Correct. How could she, like, how much damage has she done to that community, to all of those children? And who's to say um, she was teaching right, grading right, any of those different things, and the long-term effects that has on all of the students that came through her classroom. Exactly. And that's something that we have to start thinking about. I'm not saying that there's, I don't know what the percentages are, but I'm assuming that if there's 1% of all the doctors who give birth don't treat everyone equally, that's too much. That's right. That's right. And honestly, the majority of the women and families that we service here in Mercer County, they share with us some of their past stories, and they're horrific. They're horrific of the discrimination that they experience, the treatment. So that's why they call us as doulas, because as a doula, you know, we make sure that it's mother-baby friendly atmosphere. We make sure that what your wishes are are honored um, and how you're treated. We've had even uh, moments where it's single mothers, you know, um, to go through a C-section by yourself, to not even have anyone, the way that you're treated and looked at because, oh, you're in here without anyone. You know, we have our recovering uh, uh, mother, recovering, she's an addict and recovering, how she's looked at how you're in here, what you've done to your baby, you know, that's not that's not so important. You're supposed to love her. You know, you're supposed to love and support her and give her the care, the humanistic care that she deserves. So that is what we ensure. We make sure that every birth, every single woman of color, family of color is valued and that the that they know their policies, they know their rights of the hospital that they're attending. You know, and I'm not, I don't want it to be shown. I'm not bashing the medical hospital because, you know, they're, they're there for a reason. They should be there for emergencies. They're there for emergency, you know, birthing issues. But if it's a low-risk mom, she's healthy, baby's healthy, there's no reason why a C-section should just be given automatically. It's no reason why she shouldn't be able to labor freely around the room. Um, be able to utilize that jacuzzi that's in that capital health. You know, if you don't ask for it, they won't let you know, you know. You know, so. and I want to interrupt you there again and, and say my personal experience. Um, you know, I was, uh, I'm a pretty healthy guy and always have been, and my wife is wife as well. And I remember, you know, we were doing our mathematics and calculating when we were, when we were pregnant with our daughter, Madeline. And... Um, I remember going into the doctor's office on one of the visits, and we told the doctor um, our timing. Mm -hmm. And as the birth approached, they said, oh, no, you had the numbers wrong. She wasn't, you're not that pregnant. You weren't pregnant that long. So this child now is a premature, an early baby. And my wife and I looked at each other and said, that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. But... We were then thrust into this whole series of specialists who would come in for two minutes, 30 seconds, 
15 seconds. Hey, how you doing? Popping out. And then it didn't dawn on me until the end that that was their way, in my personal opinion, that was their way of ensuring, ensuring that they were going to get a certain amount of income off of that pregnancy because of the type of insurance that we had. And I will stick to my guns on that until someone tells me that I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think if that happens to me, exactly, it's probably happening to someone else. Elena Birch, can you share your contact information and briefly about the event we're just about at the end of the segment? Yes. So again, you can find us on Mercer County Birth and Breastfeeding Collective on Facebook. The event, again, is Saturday, March 10th, 4.30 p.m. at the Conservatory Mansion, 540 East State Street, Trenton, New Jersey. The admission, again, would be $10. Um, and you may also contact me um, through my phone number to reach me as well is uh, 609-789-3154. Thank you very much, Elena Broach. And again, the first two people who go to the Facebook page of Mercer County Birth and Breastfeeding Collective and say, hey, I was listening to the Trenton 365 show with Elena Broach, the first two people will have the $10 admission taken care of by the Trenton 365 show. Elena, it's always a pleasure to see you. I look forward to attending another one of your events. You're welcome in the near future. Make sure you let the family know that I said hello. You will. Thank right. you, 365 community. Uh, you're welcome. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard, and we'll be back after a short break.